0: Welcome to the In Defense of Ska podcast.
1: There's a lot of like, okay, will you like Ska named three bands that aren't the Boss Tones.
0: I'm your host, Aaron Carnes, music journalist and author of the book In Defense of Ska. And I'm your co-host, Adam Davis, veteran Ska musician from the bands Omnigon and Link 8. On our show, we aim to push back on the mainstream's negative perception of Ska music. There are so many great untold stories throughout the history of Ska. The show features interviews with everyone from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones to Fishbone, Fall Out Boy singer Patrick Stump, and the police drummer Stuart Copeland. Join us on In Defense of Ska from the Consequence Podcast Network, through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder.
2: Uh, so, for the first time in the history of podcasting, two Bonnaroo podcasts have come together to make history on the streets of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I'm Brad Steiner, that's Barry Corder, that's the real Roobus. Uh, now, you might not be a... Uh, how does a bus talk? How does the actual bus speak? I speak on its behalf. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Even when it breaks down. It's. Are you crying on the side of the road, too? I
3: mean, are you suggesting that we're, like, spiritually connected?
2: You might be. With the bus? That would be amazing if you were spiritually connected with the bus. That would be amazing.
3: Now that you mention that, I kind of wonder if it's like one of those Pixar cars, like
2: if it can talk. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. If it If it could, if it could, what would it actually sound like? What would what would the what would the, the bus's voice be like? Would it be like Randy Newman singing a song or I imagine maybe like George Carlin in the cars no movies? Kidding. Really? George Carlin. Like
3: an
4: old hippie? Like Barry.
3: Maybe. Sort of like Barry. Yes, Fair Barry, enough. you're now the
4: official voice of the bus. <laughs> Fair enough. I can uh, do that. We can record it. Come up, when it pulls up be my voice.
3: Record me some phrases so I can use it like one of those old <laughs> GPSs or Oh Alexa. my god,
4: when you
2: honk the horn it's just Barry complaining about his back hurting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like every it's old to man get off.
4: Get off! <laughs> Get off well,
2: my lawn! Well, it is lawn. a thirty-year-old bus, so that would make sense. <laughs> Too many. of Jesus, uh, this is a uh, pretty exciting. And Daniel and the whole family, the whole gaggle of Rebus, uh, uh, uh patrons, have joined us in Chattanooga for a podcast. Now, go around the whole thing. Did you bring your whole camp with you? What happened here? This is almost everybody. We have a
3: few tag-alongs okay. every years, but this is the uh, core Rubus crew. Why don't really? you guys introduce yourselves?
5: I'm Brooklyn.
1: Look at the... Uh, it's Brooklyn. All right. I'm Sharla. All right. I'm
2: Chelsea. Wow. You have much more, uh, like, a... Hashtag me too, is all I say. There's way more females with you guys than ever in our campsite. We it's <laughs> it's a prettier
6: true. group than we're used to. Wait, who are you? What is that voice? Out of oh, I'm just some guy. Don't
2: okay, there's some me. guy. Yeah, I some guy up. just showed up.
7: Yeah, I just showed up. All right, welcome all uh, also,
2: also from uh, Camp is Brian Stone uh, at the Stone uh, on Air podcast. Yes. If you haven't noticed, he Most listened to
6: new podcasts in the history of the In the history world. of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's right. Now, Daniel, where are you guys from?
3: We are all in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. Actually, just a little outside in Madison, Alabama, if anybody right.
2: knows where that and is. And you, you guys are in Huntsville too, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm in you, but everybody's in from Huntsville.
4: I think it's funny you, you feel the need to clarify that. Well, well if anybody's from Huntsville. our area, <laughs> they, they would
3: know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you want to get really specific, we're near Harvest, Alabama. The,
2: how, right. how, far, yeah, how far outside is that?
3: Um, outside of Huntsville, we're about a uh, 20 minute, half hour drive.
2: That's nothing. All right.
3: What kind of gas mileage does that bus get? Actually, for the size, that thing uh-huh. is, it's not bad. If I was to calculate it out, I think it would cost me maybe 60 bucks to get to Manchester and back from Huntsville.
2: No kidding. What's the drive from there to Manchester? How long is it?
3: Mm, well, in a regular car, about an hour and a half. In the Rue Bus... Uh, about a day. Day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> start on Monday.
2: <laughs> I was going
6: to say about nine and a half uh, miles of the gallon, maybe. So,
3: um, as has been... As has been chronicled, last year we had a little bit of an issue with it. Oh, yeah. You um, almost didn't make it last year. Oh, we year. made it. It took a very long time, but we made it.
0: <laughs> like nine hours? Yeah.
3: If it was running great, we could make it probably two, two and a half hours. Um, thankfully, though, knock on wood. Yeah, some wood. It's running a little bit better now. I'm going to get a look taken at it after Christmas just to make sure, but I well, think we're good.
2: Well, lucky for you, we've got a bus expert with... At Russ with the bus, here with his Volkswagen bus right behind us, he's actually a bus expert. He's literally been keeping this 76 Volkswagen Westphalia uh, on the air, or on the air, I'm on the air, on, on the, the road. road for, how long have you had it, Russ? Twenty years. Jesus. Is it a diesel? It's a... <laughs> It's not okay. Ours is big buttons. difference. <laughs> Boom. So, uh, this is our bus. You brought your bus. You literally brought your bus with you, you brought pieces yes. of
3: your bus with you. So, um, we have a little miniature Hot Wheels version of the bus that our good friend Cassandra gave us for Christmas uh-huh. last year. Um, I'll take it if we can't take the whole thing. And I brought the dashboard of the bus kind of that's got our handprints on it. And in the same color paint as the rest of the bus. And, now, uh, whose
2: hands are on the, the – what part of the bus is this? This is a giant, just like a generic piece of the bus? Yeah, so you, that's – You're just ripping things off of the bus and bringing it with you everywhere you go? It's only two
3: screws, man. I took that off this morning. Uh, that sits kind of below the uh, – the wheel Uh and it kind of muffles the engine that pokes out in the back so we don't have that you know breaking our eardrums.
2: wow and so you basically just take the bus around just get people to sign it essentially right
3: well there's no way i could have driven it around in downtown chattanooga so that's the way i'm bringing it here (laughs) i literally have nightmares about that sometimes i'm not exaggerating i have a bad dream where i'm driving the bus in the city and i'm like just freezing
2: out with fear really is it that hard to drive oh my god kanye west just started Kanye just started. Is Jesus he is here? king?
4: Yeah, the, uh, One of those <laughs> one of those party beer things. So
2: what we're doing, we are by. literally outside uh, at uh, a hotel in Chattanooga called The Moxie, uh, hashtag at The Moxie, uh, in downtown Chattanooga, literally recreating Camp Nut Butter. We recreated our campsite. And by the way, this is essentially what we would bring to Camp Nut Butter. We tried to uh, much. bring as much, any couches and, and wow. podcasting equipment, our giant Bonnaroo heads on a stick, our <laughs> giant marquee, a... A very disheveled, broken-down piece of our marquee. Yeah. But this is what you get when you get a camp nut butter with yeah. uh, also, you know, got 800 mailbox, square feet of carpeting. Mailbox. Oh which yeah, the mailbox. A new last year. Has anyone brought anything to the mailbox? I don't think so. Uh, check it, please. See. see if we got anything. If we get drugs again, I'm s- reporting no, them to the cops.
4: This, but you know, last year we got uh, what, suckers and a cigarette. We got one cigarette. Yeah. A lot of jewelry. We got stickers. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll we were hoping for. Uh, will
2: you be? Will uh, Rubus be the first uh, entry into the mailbox for? I guess the twenty twenty season. Will you be the first entry into the mailbox? You put something in the mailbox for us. Absolutely. I okay. got some
3: stickers for you and some other random things, maybe.
2: Now you go on your podcast. You basically uh, you talk Bonnaroo, but you do it in a in a story time fashion, right? You basically tell stories on, on about your Bonnaroo experiences.
3: Yeah. So I wanted to leave. The news and such to the professionals. The two guys that are sitting. Oh gosh, that's very loose. <laughs> You're way to use doing the word professional. I come down here and there's like a whole like outdoor studio. We're basically yeah. using an old microphone from the Rock Band video games on my back
4: porch. <laughs> That's it, I promise.
3: One of these That's days, maybe I'll get professional. But yeah, I have to give credit to Sharla. Let's get her on the mic here in a minute. It was her idea. She came to me a couple of months ago and she said one of her favorite aspects of, of Bonnaroo was all the crazy stories, the things that kind of crop right. up and people retell right. year after That's years. Right. And she thought it would be a good idea to kind of chronicle it. So I'm like oh let's do it in a podcast so really i mean i know i do all the, a lot of the talking but it was her baby what you want to tell us about it? really Jane? so jane's her nickname by yeah, the way. i'm
2: sure i'm sure it's because of a story that you always tell because i think everybody at camp especially at bonnaroo has the story that they tell and it's the one they always come back to every year it's sort of like when dad reads the 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 bible verse at christmas when
6: i sang into the bi- beer bottle during the red hot chili Peppers. is it you know, Brian. I know Barry you. Barry told me about. Brian. Yes. I know you want my
2: first story to be about you, but it's not.
6: <laughs> oh, okay, sorry.
2: <laughs> yes, I can still see that
4: image, though, Brian.
5: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely that. a storyteller at heart, and uh-huh. I know all the good stories come out of Bonnaroo, and everybody has their Bonnaroo story, and everybody has their story about how they got started <laughs> at Bonnaroo. And not only that, but just year after year, there's all the good stories of Bonnaroo. You know, it's I saw this awesome band and. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my story about the pit at Bonnaroo. But not only that. Here's my story about what happened at my camp at Bonnaroo. Here's my funny story of how I set up my camp is at it, Bonnaroo. But is
2: it usually about? Is it about camp or is it about an artist? It's
5: both. Okay. It's absolutely yeah. both. It's a, you know. Here's my funny story about when I stood in line for six hours to see my favorite artist. Here's my funny story about when I was in line for. 27 hours, and I got rerouted to the Hills, Hillsboro exit.
3: That's blah, not blah, an blah, exaggeration.
5: Blah. Uh, you know, it's, it's really not an exaggeration. Um, so everybody's got their Bonnaroo story. Everybody's got their Bonnaroo stories. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I thought it would be a, a great idea to have people write in, have people tell on their social media, have people... Email us their Bonnaroo stories, and we could retell those on our podcast. And it's really never-ending because year after year, uh, people just have dozens, hundreds, thousands of their Bonnaroo stories. And it just goes on and on and on, and we could retell those on our podcast. So that was my idea. And, you know, last year, Daniel honestly took a lot of flack for starting Bonnaroo Rumors of Artists and I didn't want to do that this year so I really wanted to take a different approach of what uh, the robust social media was Mm -hmm. and I really want it to be more that community effort more that uh, community focused goal so I really wanted to want to bring together people with their stories and their Bonnaroo community experience so I thought what a great way to do this by bringing together people with their Bonnaroo stories again uh, so, so my idea you for guys, the who,
2: why did you give flack about uh, lineup stuff? When did that happen?
3: What happened? I will be totally transparent. Okay. Um, Just by nature of having a big, friendly blue bus and, uh, you know, making sure that what? we're friends with, the, the, with all the oh, rest bus. of the community. Yeah. Like, people come up to us sometimes. It's like, hey, bro, I heard that so-and-so is playing next year. So, like, I had two people tell me last year on good faith that the Foo Fives were going to play. It turns out that connections got crossed or whatever. And the Foo Fighters were playing a very close festival, but it was Pilgrimage, not Bonnaroo. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I love playing that game. Like, oh, who's playing next year? Yeah, you got one of those emails
2: that I get. They'll be in Tennessee
3: sometime in the summer. Yeah. I did get good faith information that Fish was playing like, October of the year before last. That was cool. That turned out to be accurate. The Foo Fighters, not so much. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not playing this game anymore. The fun thing to me is, like, the community stuff. Well,
2: see, that's exactly what Barry and I talk about forever and ever and ever. And you guys know this, too, because you've been around for so long. And, of course, uh, you know, if you've been to Bonnaroo before, it has nothing really to do with the lineup. It's fun, and right about now is when we enjoy the lineup talk the most. But it really has nothing to do with the lineup.
4: Well, let me jump in, because... When you were talking, the fact that we are here in November talking about Bonnaroo is the thing that sort of stands out to me that it's it's become this almost year round thing. you know when we started talking about doing our podcast, we thought we would do it what for the three months leading up to it? Yeah, I actually told Barry, I said, "I hope nobody listens to this." <laughs> Yeah, and we thought, you know, Sunday when it ends, we'll maybe do a Monday the day after, and then that's it. You know, shut it down till uh, what, the lineup the next year. And uh, we've done, I mean, it's almost year-round. We haven't done so many this year after, but people like you, Bonner Bonnarooster, I mean, it's this year-round thing now, right? I promise you that there isn't anybody
2: doing a Coachella podcast right now. Well, we thought about it. They yelled at us. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't want us to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We've tried to incorporate other uh, festivals. They get very, very touchy because uh, the second that you say, yeah, what's a Bonnaroo podcast and we talk about other stuff, but uh, we'd like you to not talk about Bonnaroo or call it a Bonnaroo podcast or we want you to change the name. Uh, By the way, look at these guys. Welcome back, guys. Look at these guys. So clean. You guys look so strange when you're showered and... Adorable. Uh, now, the 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 now remind me, it's the beer. We met them at the Beer Exchange, right? Beer
4: Exchange, which was massive. What a great time I that was. I was stunned
2: as to how good that beer exchange was. Yeah, they that do was really cool. Now, what pod is that in? Seven. It's in seven? I don't know what pod it is. I don't know. It changes every year, right?
3: Kind of. Kevin from Camp Redaroo, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
4: Tell us about it.
7: Hey, guys, what's up? Hi. I feel a lot cleaner since the last time i seen you guys. It's strange. Yeah, we were... Strange. Uh, that was a great time, though. Yeah, it's
2: a great time, and... Uh, ba- I'll tell you how dirty we were. Uh, Barry's hair wasn't gray. That's, <laughs> that's right.
7: It was a sort of sandy, <laughs> dusty color. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because we were looking over some of the pictures on the way over here from our podcast, and, uh, you know, we were in that tent, and it's all sweaty and dirty, and then, you know... You're like, oh, we're gonna go meet up with the family, and you know we see some, of, we see a little bit of each other uh, throughout the years and stuff like that. Through you know during the Bonnaroo off season, and when you see each other, like your first reaction is always that it's like, wow, you're so much cleaner now. Like, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was you know, fun. to see. It, it's but interesting
2: when you say first reaction. When I see a Bonnaroo person, a um, in the wild, <laughs> outside of Bonnaroo, the first thing I say it, it, it just gives me a big smile, and I just want to hug somebody. Because no other time in my life do I really like anyone. (laughs) Uh, But when I see a Bonnaroo person, I'm like, oh, just come here. Yeah. Just come here.
7: Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I think we talked about this a little bit last time uh, during our podcast, but, you know, our the uniqueness about Camp Retaroo and, and our family that we have is we're so spread out through the U.S. that a lot of us um, travel throughout the year to visit each other. Um, we've spent, like, Friendsgiving together. No Mitchell usually throws us a big birthday bash that we go now, to. Now, when in you Orlando. met
2: Mitch, though, you guys had known each
7: other before, though. No, we didn't know each other before. No
2: shit. No. So, you guys met through Bonneroo.
7: Yeah. So, funny enough, uh, so. How I came to Bonnaroo was through a uh, Camp Redaroo member who was uh, a part of the original uh, 2012, and we went to high school together. And so I went in 2015, was my first year, and then, you know, you just instantly click. And I met Mitchell that first year, and I think we went to his birthday party um that october and then you know we've almost been in separate we see each other literally year by uh year by year we i moved out to salt lake city and was out there with i actually moved to salt lake city uh for groups for a group of individuals that are part of camp rhetoric like i picked that city my work wow. gave me the opportunity to go to salt lake city or colorado and i picked salt lake city because i knew people in that city wow. so it really does become a wow. big part of our lives that's amazing
4: it, it, it kyle um your friend Kyle moved to, what, Murfreesboro? I listened to your podcast the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, Kyle is a good buddy. He runs the Twitter account Boneruvian, and he is the kindest, like, gentlest soul that you'll ever meet. I'm sorry, I don't work in radio. He's the kindest soul that you'll ever <laughs> you gotta meet. you got to eat it, man. No, you're you good, eat. man. You're good. Go, go, go. He embodies the spirit of, yeah. like, the Boneroo code. He is always, like, kind and, like, just generally wants to hang out or whatever. And he has done a good job to kind of keep the spirit of the community going year round.
5: Yeah, that's why
4: he's one of those guys. I mean, it, he's he he's all in. Yeah. I mean, to the point of move. He was from what New Jersey. If I, I remember think so. The, yeah. Yeah. And moved. He's, to, he's at Middle Murfreesboro now. He's mm-hmm. in school. But wait,
2: did he move to Murfreesboro for Bonnaroo? In part. Stop it! That's what he said. Wow, yeah. dude is a class he just, act. He was. I could have military. rented him a room at my house if he <laughs> needed it. He didn't have to do all that. He just I loves can it. Uh,
3: give you so many people like that that embody the community spirit year round. Like uh, one of our good buddies is Ron, the guy that's kind of the brainchild of the Roo Shoot. Um, Celia, who is over Roo Fitness. There's so many people that kind of have their area for like the, their specialty area of Bonner, right? And we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Every year we joke around about who's headlining next year. But honestly, it's just a soundtrack to a great
6: weekend with my good friends that I see once or twice a year. Hey, Daniel, can I ask you, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, you you brought up shoot. I am so fascinated by this shoot and how they coordinate this every year and get this massive... Uh, uh, Whatever the hell it yeah, is. Yeah, because they don't just do it at Bonner; they do it at other yeah, places. Yeah, take too, it all how, how do they coordinate doing this and getting this inside the grounds and do everybody gets underneath and it's it's yeah? It's, is that a whole another podcast in itself? Maybe. Yes, either okay. or us
3: or you guys should have them on. To Can tell you do their it in two sentences real quick? Um, oh, man, I don't want to speak for them, but basically they had some run-ins with security this
6: past year. I, I, yeah, shocking news. I, I, a massive uh, parachute in there. but uh, No, I just
2: like wearing a giant cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: I'm just but, happy um, to see you.
3: Really, you should have them on, or I should get him on. Um, they have kind of um, transitioned to being the parachute people because they're going okay. to so many different festivals, and they do such a wonderful job to spread like positive messages about mental health awareness.
6: Oh no! Nothing that, that I could have ever said was anything other than a positive message. What they're doing, I just don't know how they get that damn thing in the center every year. Talk to them, and I love it. <laughs> it's right, not anyway. easy, I hear. Sorry to take over your show. You know, back. there was
2: this there was this moment when I in my life when um, I would buy anything that I saw that was really clever on TV, and I bought this thing where like that wrapped around my body, and eventually was like this pouch that you filled with beer, and they called it the beer belly. And you basically just walked around. You just looked like a big fat guy, and but yet you had sloshing around beer in your stomach, right? And it had a tube that you could suck the beer out of. That's essentially how they get the shoot in. <laughs> they just shove it into their stomach, and they just That's act like a big like like fat guy. Sure, where go are you go with this? Going with <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure where that was going.
3: Well, I don't want to stick it down my pants, but uh, <laughs> well, I guess for ladies, I've seen that there's a, a bra that does that nowadays. Really? You can they smuggle have, in they your have liquor. Bracelets. Nice.
1: Yeah, they have bracelets that you can put.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What's a wine bracelet? Now, now Mitch just says there's a wine bracelet. What is that? It's, it's literally jewelry. It's just jewelry that was, was empty on the And then you fill it with wine. And sweet, and sweet
1: hooch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, sweet, sweet hooch. I dated her once. Yeah. I was, uh, <laughs> that's a good band name. <laughs> yeah. You did not date her once. Let's be honest. All right. So, uh, okay. So, we've talked about Bonnaroo um, and... and how your uh, podcast but can we talk about specifically since i've got a a a group of bonnaroo people who are probably very well into the bonnaroo culture and conversations happening right now and since this podcast is happening in november uh i really would like to address a couple of things i want to mock schedules now uh there's a person here anybody here has actually made a mock schedule Raise your
6: hand. Yeah. Daniel, Couple Daniel. You guys hey, made, a you Couple made a mock are schedule? You never made a mock schedule. I was going to say, up. I saw the Real Rue uh, bus mock right. schedule the other day. Right. Now, I kind of liked it, by the way. All right. So the tell me. The yes, real yes the fake one. The fake one. Or tell or me how you one. made your
2: mock schedule. Tell me what went, in th- went into it. <laughs> and, and then give, give me what you were trying to accomplish with your
3: mock schedule. Um, well, I made one that was more or less a joke that was just in support of who we all want to see at some point, Miss Dolly. So it was a wish list. Well, that one. I mean, if she
6: could play three sets, that'd be amazing. Well, and and you and you went by you were using uh, availability of artists for 2020. Yeah, from what so, I saw, right? Yeah, like it so, was like they you knew that they were potentially available at that time. So you weren't just saying I want to see the Rolling Stones. You were saying these potential artists can be available in the summer of 2020. Right. So which I think is a it's a fun way to look at. You know, we, that's what we do. We speculate all year long. I mean, it's, easy. it's
3: fun. You can look at who AC is booking, who they have sure. playing around that time who is not scheduled to play in nashville and you can kind of put two and two together and another example is like okay what's a big artist that is touring that has played other festivals that hasn't played bonnaroo recently okay so tame impala is one that makes perfect sense well yeah tame Tame does make a lot of sense so but
2: here's what i'd say and and before we get into uh what mock schedules make sense or what don't make sense I need to implore anybody that's actually listening to this uh, that's part of the Bonnaroo culture, if you're on Reddit or who, if you're not, it doesn't matter, if you're making mock schedules, uh, I, I really think it does a disservice to Bonnaroo. I think that mock schedules are a really, really bad thing if you do not specifically say this is a wish list. And I'm saying it for a reason. Expectations get completely out of the they, they get blown out of the water. Expectations do not get put back onto Earth. And then when we get the lineup, it drops and we're all like, well, this sucks. <laughs> we we uh, Well, this person's... I thought we were having uh, yeah. Miley into Rihanna, into the Foo Fighters, into the Rolling Stones. I thought they were all... P- Let me do a thing. So I, I did a little bit of math and I called uh, some people in the industries that got... The numbers. I found a mock lineup on Reddit. I don't know who made it. I really don't know who made it. And I'm going to go through one day of the mock lineup, okay? I'm not going to read the whole thing that they did on a Saturday, but it was a random Saturday. Rage Against the Machine, Vampire Weekend, Kid Cudi, My Chemical Romance, Lizzo, Brittany Howard, The High Women, Danny Brown, Local Natives, Perfume Genius. That's an entire festival, guys. Like, that's an entire weekend, right? Do you know how much just that day costs? $5.5 million. $5.5 million in one day. They do not have a budget for $5.5 million. And I'm going to go you one step better. If you put My Chemical Romance on a mock schedule, I want you to know that it is going to cost you $1.5 million to put My Chemical Romance on the festival lineup. What did Cardi B get last year? And what was her placement on the line, on the on the poster? What was she? Five? Was she on the top line or the like second line? Third line, line I want to say. Okay. Well, Cardi B got four hundred thousand dollars last year. Uh, do you think that they're going to sell tickets putting My Chemical Romance at one point five million dollars on that lineup's top line? You think they're going to sell any tickets that way? I don't think so. So again, these mock lineups—they're fun. They're really fun. But please, I hope there's not a human being ever taking them seriously. I hope that there is somebody saying to them, this is just for fun. This is just... Because, by the way, this mock lineup that I saw, it was great, but it also had the next day Rihanna, Dolly Parton, Damon Fala, Oyster, ahead and run the jewels. That's another $4 million.
3: So I'll tell you one reason I think people do that is we're able to look at past lineups <laughs> with rose-colored glasses. If you look at like 13, 14, 15... That is 15, a great 15, point, Dan. You, a great you see point. a lot of bands that weren't as expensive back in that day and you think like, oh, well, they can book acts like that again?
2: No, they can't. That's right. Yeah. That's, exactly well, that's exactly right. right. When, when I was looking at um, whoever on Reddit is posting these um, like snapshots back to the schedule, like Saturdays of two thousand twelve or whatever. I mean, you can look down and see like the national on like like
4: <laughs> the Who's stage. Hey, well, you're I mean, not getting that anymore. That that's the whole point of kind of what you and I've been talking about for a year is sort of this the reality of this how it works, how these festivals work, the thinking behind it. You know, we've had Jeff Quayer on a couple of times, and and he's been so insightful, sort of giving us this insight on how it actually works, you know. I mean, I think your point is right, but it is a wish list. We all have our wish lists, and I think you hit it right on the head. We, we, We don't think about what they cost this year. It is a great
2: point. Daniel makes a great point because in 2009, and I posted this on Twitter earlier, uh, in 2009, we all, every one of us, I don't care how many people say that they did, they missed Adele. Adele was on the lineup in 2009, and I read the Rolling Stone article earlier today to a quote-unquote smallish crowd. That's heartbreaking. Uh, And if you put Adele on the the lineup right now, she's going to cost you about $2.7 million.
3: So... I give you. I'll give you a similar story, since that's kind of our deal, storytelling. We went to go see Post Malone in 2016. There wasn't much of anybody there,
2: and it was a bad show. He was also less a few face tattoos, by the way.
4: Too.
8: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a bad show because basically every hip hop show is terrible. That's no doubt about that.
8: uh, I'm not kidding. A similar story I found out just because of YouTube. We like watching boner videos. Yeah. Uh, Walk the Moon literally won a contest to show up in 2012 (laughs) or 13. Like that was they. They had a music video where he enlisted his grandpa, like the lead singer, and was like, "We just want to go to Bonnaroo, <laughs> help us out." And that was like they got Walk the Moon for free that year. Uh, yeah.
2: So yeah, there. Anybody that's on the Who stage, I'm gonna rip the 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 bandaid off and just say it, and I really don't like saying it. But if you look past the behind the curtain, anybody that plays on the Who stage uh, plays for free. And I don't really like saying that. And the other part that I've got to make sure that I've talked to somebody about, but they even have to bring their own gear. They have to bring their own gear, and they have to pay for anybody that's traveling there, which really sort of stinks. Uh, I've got to figure out, and we can talk to Quayar about it, we can talk to somebody at about it, but something is not right for a pay-to-play on the Who stage, and and especially the the spots that mean so much – To people like the Black Keys. The Black Keys would not be who they are, I don't think, if not for the Who stage in 2007.
4: Well, let's be clear. We don't know that they're not paid. They might be paid uh, something, but they have to pick up a bunch of the expense. So I don't know if it's. Well, I know for a
2: fact that DeLacy pulled
4: out last year because she had to pay to be there. Well, that's what I'm saying, is that they would have had to pay their. Right, Uh, They might have got a couple hundred dollars as a fee, but the expense of travel... Was way too much for them to cover. So 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 I can attest to this a little. Um,
3: Our mutual friends, Repeat Repeat, played the Who stage uh, two years ago. They played the Who stage a couple of days after they played the bus for us. And we helped them set up when they came in, and it very much was a DIY thing for them. They came in their van and a trailer, and that was it. They had to do everything themselves, not just for us, but for the Who stage too.
2: Yeah, it is a, it's a weird it's a tough thing, but when you go to the who stage, when you go through the list of people who were there and back to your uh, I think it was a really really good point. Uh, the people that you that are there and you look back in, in, in the past and there's 5 years ago, oh my god, uh, the national played the smallest stage at, at Bonnaroo. If you had to find your biggest miss, if you had your biggest Bonnaroo miss, who would it be? Like how do you mean? Okay. The uh, show you didn't go to. The show you Patton. didn't go to. The show Say that again?
1: Matt and Kim was oh.
2: mine. Uh, it was it was this it was this <laughs> tent, right? It was this tent and it was uh, oh. it was a Thursday or Friday. It was midday too. I yeah. remember being very, very hot.
4: Yeah, yeah. they do
2: a great show. It's a it's a they very do. lively and he was like out in the crowd or she was out in the crowd playing the drums. Kim's <laughs> wild, like yeah, carrying the drums. Anyway, uh, biggest miss Daniel. Who do you got? The
3: one that immediately comes to mind, I think was 2015, I missed Tycho, is one of my favorite like electronic acts. They played a late night show, and I was just looking at the schedule the other day, and I think I must have just crashed that
2: night. I know Barry's. I'm ready. Tom Petty. Yeah.
1: Oh. You know why no, it was Tom Petty? Do you remember tonight. why
2: it was Tom Petty? Yeah. I know I, exactly why it was Tom I, Petty. I had
4: uh, uh, my daughter called at like 2 in the afternoon and said, I got us in the pit, you want to go? And I said, yep, and then I sat in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I gotta go home I'm done He, he
2: sat in a chair That is why he missed a show I comfortable. <laughs> Of an artist who you'll never see I'll again. never see I sat in a chair yep.
5: Well, I don't really have a story for myself But my best friend, Amanda um, So she went When the Beastie Boys played Yeah. Except she fell asleep Yeah <laughs> Uh, just fell asleep fell
4: asleep with the Beastie Boys
2: yep fell Mm.
5: asleep and just missed it
4: they would be second or third I saw that show but I wasn't really into it I didn't know them like I do now you know what I mean I have a bunch of those uh, the My Morning Jacket, who I now Look, adore. Look, uh, the
2: biggest the biggest problem to Barry's weekend is uh, a little thing called a chair. <laughs> His
4: entire
2: weekend gets thrown off because of a chair. It's partly true. The dad sits at camp and just wants all the kids to come home safely. Uh, he will miss more shows just so he's just sitting around at camp under a blanket, curled up, all like this.
4: Partly true. but I think Are the I kids the, home? Is everybody I, here? I put that to bed last year with Gucci Mane at... in the morning when we were dancing. You were bitching about your lower back the whole time. No, I wasn't either because I didn't feel a lot of pain at that point. It was a good night. What about you, Brad? What would you miss?
2: Uh, I have two that are very, very embarrassing. Um, First off, I'm really upset that I missed King Princess last year uh, considering how much I love this uh, album now. Now, Brooklyn went to see that show. Can you tell us about it?
1: It was fun. Um, A 45-year-old woman, I'm assuming, uh, flashed her boobs at... King, princess, and uh, it, it was just like a, a real rainbow party. A rainbow party it was, it was great. Yeah. There was a uh, pride stickers going around. It was it was so wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So
2: uh, it's uh, and I hate s- telling the story, but when I was uh, I used to be before I do what I do now, which is live in the top forty world. I had to run a rock station, and uh, believe me, this rock station sucked. Now, there was nothing that was that made any sense about it. But as, a guy, but as a guy who thought that he knew what he was doing it wasn't for a that long that. time, he, uh, me, I was, uh, thought that I was, you know, I thought I had my finger on the pulse. Uh, 2010, I look at the lineup and I see this band called LCD Sound System and I don't give a damn. I don't know who they are. I don't care. And then uh, I started listening to them a few months later and I was like, oh my God, this band's amazing. I gotta see them. I go online and I find out where they're playing next. It's Madison Square Garden. It's their breakup show. <laughs> I totally missed LCD Sound System for a decade, and I blew it because they were on the twenty. It was a 2009 or 2010 lineup. Didn't even sniff it. Didn't care. Didn't want it. They had no interest in being there. Yeah, I missed LCD show. and South. So when they came back in the year that, like, we all talk about being the most embarrassing lineup. And uh, the crowd in Bonnaroo history, I look back at that. It's my favorite Bonnaroo because I got to be
6: there with literally no one else. Can, can <laughs> I, can I can interrupt so. the what podcast and the real rube? I mean, it podcast? hasn't stopped you yet. Can sir. I can I do that? <laughs> Did, didn't uh, Paul McCartney play in 2013? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't see go. Yeah, you didn't yeah, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see and that. You have this, to walk away in shame. Yeah, I didn't now. see that. Yeah, I mean, I was,
4: I was there. I know. Why do we let him in? Right. So for, I was there. so let me
6: explain. Let talk?
2: The reason, the reason I mean, why I'm Brian trying Stone, to clarify. The reason right? why Brian Stone lends an infamy in and kept Nutbutter is because he showed up one time, uh, and it happened to be the Friday night after McCartney, and we were just on cloud nine. Every one of us were losing our minds, yeah. and he looked at us like,
7: overrated.
2: <laughs> I hated the show. It was yeah. stupid. It was every other show you've ever seen, of Paul McCartney. Yeah, they play, he at, played the same Brian. show in Memphis
6: the next week. We by looked, the
2: way. we looked at Brian and we said, "Brian, yeah. did Can you, you watch?" Believe this? He played "Live and Let Die." I said, "Brian, he <laughs> played Live and Let Die.'" I said, "Brian,
6: do you see the show?" Nope. I set camp. <laughs> well, <laughs> our, to be yeah. fair, our camp is about a hundred yards from the stage, so yeah, I heard it. All right, sounds good. He played "Live and Let Die." Can y'all
2: believe it? It was, it was. So it was that, and then uh, 2009, Sorry. Al Green. I missed Al Green because I decided to uh, chase a, a girl down uh, the path and we decided to go see Ani DeFranco <laughs> instead of Al Green. I, who I, no
5: Hillary was at your idea? RIP.
2: we no longer I love you more now than, than I've ever loved get you get to see Al Green. <laughs> Because I chose Andy DeFranco. I'm so in love So I got a quick story to tell you about
3: LCD Sound System. I already went through this story on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. That was my favorite year of all time. I know that the me crowd too. sucked that year, yeah, but it made for such a good vibe, and it was easy to get around. Like Me and my buddy Brandon went up front. Console. That LCD Sound Show, LCD Sound System show was amazing. Now, my follow-up story to that was about two or three years later, we go to the Voodoo Festival in New Orleans. Pretty good city festival. We had a good time. There was a good headliners that year. It was LCD Sound System, The Killers, and The Foo Fighters. We go walking around in the French Quarter uh, the next day after LCD Sound System show, just looking for a place to eat or whatever. I walk right by James Murphy, Was taking a stroll through there. And I pass him, and I'm like, I stroll, I, and them. I'm like, should I go say something? Oh, my God. I don't want to be like a dork or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm never going to get this opportunity again. I'm going to go say something. I went up next to him. I was keeping it cool at first. I was like, oh, hey, James, I want to let you know that was a great show last night, man. That was really good. He's like, oh, I appreciate it. And I was like, dude, I was at your show at Bonnaroo like three years ago. I was having such an ma- awesome time. It was amazing. And he was like, oh, that's
2: your job, man. Yeah, it, it, it opened up the sieve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you turn the water on, everything came out, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. That's uh, a
4: whole lot better than good work.
2: Oh, I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew that was gonna, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, so uh, I, I've have told the story before. It it breaks my heart to tell it, but it is my Bonnaroo story that you guys you know talk about all the time. Uh, it's Billy Joel. It's Sunday night, and I'm dying to get out of there before Billy Joel. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. And uh, Spoon happened right before them on the wet stage. And
6: that's when I left, and I could have been on the stage. Uh, you guys thanks,
2: Brian. Out. That yeah. mattered a lot to the story. All right. <laughs> So, Go uh, ahead, Brad. So so we, we got lucky, and we were standing on stage for Spoon. And behind the what stage, there's this very, very long ramp that takes you back into artists. I mean, this ramp might be 150 yards. It's really, really long. And there's one way down, and then there's a, a thing that separates you, and then you come up. There's nobody coming up the stage. This is after Spoon. Spoon's done. Billy Joel's next. A whole crowd of people are walking down the ramp. One figure just keeps getting closer and closer to us as it comes up the ramp. One figure. Closer and closer, closer. As it gets closer, I look at my buddy Nick and Hillary goes, That's Billy Joel. Billy Joel's walking up the ramp. Nobody's talking to Billy Joel. Nobody's stopping him. Nobody's saying hello. So I said, Screw it. And I stopped Billy Joel. I was like, Billy Joel! <laughs> Great work (laughs) (laughs) and he said thanks and walked straight (laughs) past me it was in that moment i realized i've got nothing to say to billy joel i've got no conversation you're not not you're the piano man i've got christy brinkley i've got no conversation for billy joel other than Great work. So you
3: guys get to live in Valhalla for, like, the Bonnaroo weekend back there where you are more likely. We don't like
2: talking about it because somebody's going uh, to pick it and riot us. We are pretty well, sure I mean, you guys it. are
3: media. Everybody's going to put two and two together. But you get to live back there where you're more likely to run into artists. So don't you have, like, a bullet point or two in mind for your favorite ones that you might well, run into? Well,
2: okay, we have, well, His no. point is he
6: doesn't like Billy Joel, uh, well, I think. No, I actually skipped that, that, that show. He it's not not like
2: Billy Joel. It was fine. He's a fellow Met fan, but I love him, but I don't have anything to say to him. Like you have nothing yeah, you to talk your, to him about, but do a lipa,
6: do a lipa. You know, that that you were, you were on cloud nine. Well, that we year. did
2: more than talk. If you
6: oh, oh, oh yeah, more than we talk. I got gotcha. so, oh, you. Okay. So um,
2: I will say, and this this person's going to remain nameless, but we did have uh, a band stop by and and sit down with Camp Nut Butter and uh, decide that year to tell me, who is the biggest Alabama Shakes fan on the planet, how much the Alabama Shakes sucked, and how much they were overrated and how irritated he was about Alabama Shakes getting any, any, any attention what you want uh, that, they, that they should deserve. They, they used deserve to be our neighbors. <laughs> you have to name them. I cannot because they've uh, been very, very good to me since
4: then. <laughs> I can't yeah. yeah. It's an interesting—I mean, we talked before we went on air, Daniel, about the, the different experiences. We we are definitely—we we come at it a different way. We're in— VIP area backstage, I guess. And you had said you didn't know if you'd want to be in the trees where we are because you like. And I can tell you, four years ago, we would never have considered even going out into general camping. Oh, no. Um, Oh, no, no, no. That was not happening. No, No, but now with all of the changes, the experiences and all of that, once we started doing this, I mean, I think we talked about it several times on the podcast. Uh, It sounds like a lot of fun. There's a lot of things happening. It honestly feels like,
2: and this is a credit to the people who put this on, they have have created an event in uh, in a a world for general admission that is better than anything that you can get anywhere else in the festival. And if I had it in me to deal with bugs, heat,
4: people, germs, Whatever. There's no bugs. We've talked about that. We've never we'll seen a bug. We'll talk about that later. Come well, on, we've never Kevin's seen a bug. Kevin's brother
6: does you, that. You Doesn't guys Kevin's don't know. B- sprays for the bugs. <laughs> all these I, new people, I you don't know Brad as well as we do, but yeah, let him continue. It's, it's
2: too. I'm too neurotic to live out there. I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, the, the the only way the, I can I can do it is in the creature comforts of being tucked away in a, in a world that is all to our own. Um, but with that being said, it is really phenomenal out there. And the times that I've spent... I didn't want to leave. Now, granted, I did. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't want to.
3: He didn't want to until he did. So, um, Barry, we were talking about this earlier. So the way that the, the festival world has gotten in the past couple of years, it's tougher to book good acts, right? It, it's tougher to have a yeah. lineup that's that More much, festivals. Yeah. More demand. Yep. But AC has done a very good job to realize that their strength is in the camps and the community. They've built those new barns, and they've had really cool people like the House of Yes out of New York come down and do really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, that was really cool.
3: Yeah, can you tell us real quick about that? Chelsea, that was one of your favorite things, right?
1: That was cool because they had this whole, like, New Orleans parade at the House of Yes, but it was, like, all... Just, like, rainbows and, like, the band was playing. I don't know. It was really cool. Pride parade. Yeah, it was a, It was awesome.
2: Now, is it the same parade that used to happen 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that used to go through the, the festival? They just move it to the House of Yes? Is that the I same I think thing?
1: they move it around. I mean, it still started at the House of Yes, and then, I guess, like, this big kind of party type thing. Then they just kind of just moved it around everywhere. So, I don't know. It was fun. Well,
4: let me jump in now, because it seems like a, a natural segue, but... Uh Jeff Cuellar, uh, I had reached out to him a week ago to see if he had some news that we could maybe announce for this podcast. They've been they've been so good to us and so helpful. Um, and he called this morning, actually. Um, and it's not you know, I knew he wasn't going to give us an, an artist or anything like that. Uh, but he said to your point and to, to what we've been talking about every year they address something. You know they planted trees, they planted grass, they've redone the, added the bathrooms, and and they when the festival ends they all gather and they think what do we need to fix? And this year he told me today that the the parking or the the uh, traffic, not from the freeway, but once you get past the sort of security, how do they get you to your campsite? Is their focus. And I actually had asked him, I said, is the delay, I figured it was the security. And he said, no, that's really not it. They can add lanes. The issue is there's ADA camping, there's VIP camping, there's group camping. But everybody comes in, you know, in the line, and then it's how they filter them out. So, um, I mean, to me... It's one of those and things but that, is that but it is that, doesn't sound sexy but, but is, if you're but sitting there in that it's car needed. it's needed. <laughs> yeah.
6: Exactly. Is it so.
2: needed because you're going to have to explain to me how bad it is well, because I don't know is is that an actual issue?
3: Yes, it definitely was a big issue this past year. There was a
4: huge wave well, of people 80,000 people. Yeah for one thing well there was a ton of people that were
3: backed up on the interstate this past year and we spoke to people who dropped by the bus to come speak to us that said they waited more than six seven hours that had been unheard of for many years now um before we had the bus, we would drive in. And it would take like an hour or two at most. But we talked to a lot of folks that got frustrated beyond belief this past year. So for Jeff to say that, that's awesome. I think that is one of the biggest needs. Yeah. And we, we look, Mitchell's here. Mitchell's, I think he's Mitchell, got a word. Mitchell has
8: something to add. Uh, so we have a, a contingency that comes from uh, Chicago each year. And uh, Carrie arrived at the gate, at the gate to get in line at eleven fifteen, eleven twenty, And she finally got to us. At around 9:30 a.m., Ooh. that was Stop Thursday, it. Friday morning. Ouch. That was that happened this year at Bonnaroo Ouch. Uh, because the line was that intense, ten hours long, roughly, and and now to, she, to go to go 400 yards. Well, I'm not sure how long the line was because you know it stacks up out there on the interstate. Um, but she got in line at around eleven fifteen because we saw it in the group chat, and then it was just a, a long ex- list of extremities that she screamed about. Yeah, so this <laughs> is th-
2: this yeah. is exactly what boy, <laughs> rightfully if had, so. If I had, if I had a, a group of women that screamed at my extremities, uh, if I can't understand, and these guys know much better than I do, they can only do a you know um a checklist of you know you you fill out a form at the end of the the year right you do what is your what you like what you not not like yeah okay what, what yeah they what are those survey yeah they can do so many surveys right but how do they actually know these things are problems that's what i like to talk to jeff about if we had jeff or, or somebody and, and, in, in, and they
4: also we know because they do our moon river here and and uh, some and forecastle this is what they do um those guys are walking around, noticing where the lines are, where the bottlenecks are, the problems are. Uh, there's only so many things that they can address, like you just said. At, you know, each year, um, but this is this one has jumped to the top of the line. I so guess. If so if there's if
2: there's a thing that I've learned how much I love about uh, Bonnaroo and festival life to begin with, uh, just overall. When we started doing this, I didn't know how much I loved infrastructure as much as I love it. I, it is so fascinating to me how they can find a problem, identify it, and then figure it out, either on the fly or then the next year. And so what I'd love to talk to Jeff or insert person here from, from whoever is working the infrastructure part of it, I'd love to know when they identified a problem, how they found it, and how are they then going to fix it. That is fascinating to me. So Yeah, I'll, and yeah. That's
4: the, I think that's the reason I brought it up, because it's that level of detail that makes us all like this festival so much. So
3: in that vein, and I am very glad to hear that Jeff is making that priority, in that vein, one of the things, probably the top thing that I would say is the biggest room for improvement and I love Bonnaroo, I'm critiquing it because I love it, but the biggest thing I could s- say that it needs improvement is the integration with folks like Kevin from Camp Red Roo, with uh, Super Group, with Shoot. We talked a little bit about the issues that they had getting the shoot through security. Um, we've been thinking about it, and through the interaction that we have literally every day sometimes with the general community, the folks that keep coming back and back, we're keeping the conversation going probably more so maybe even better in some cases than their official channels do we would love to have better integration with them to work with them on our events we hosted repeat repeat two years ago the folks with uh, Red Roo are having literally a thousand or more come in for the beer exchange and uh, we understand ac has a ton of things they're working on moon river here they're doing um that festival at the horse track in kentucky and things like that we realize that they have limited resources but having a line to talk with them, so we can have infrastructure to support what we're doing. I think that is probably the biggest improvement. Because as I said before, it's not necessarily the lineup that keeps us coming back. I'm coming back to hang with Kevin. I'm coming back to hang with Mitchell. It's the community. Well, that's they're the so dreamy.
2: Aspect. Look at them.
7: Yeah, yeah. So one of the you know one of the things that I I wanted to just interject, and and again, this is not a uh, complaint towards Bonnaroo because you know they they do put on this and they do it really well. But you know over the years as I've had to wait in line, and then there's been times where I've got to get in early uh, with Bonnaroo's blessing to allow us in early. But, you know, we, we got tracked by the local, you know, they, they have the local PD out that are directing traffic. So it's like their mission doesn't get all the time um, communicated to those that are locally helping. So, uh, you know, that seems to be some of the problem. And, again, this is not bashing them, but, you know, we've made it to all the way to the uh, – we got told to go to the East Toll Booth. And then when we got to the east toll booth, we were like, "Oh, you got to get back in line." So and then we got back in line for another couple hours to get all the way back to the west toll booth. So, like Daniel was saying, you know, with some of these groups and stuff like that, one of the biggest things that I'm—it's good to hear that they're gonna to be really focusing on that. But you know, maybe have you know additional—you can't cut down gates to probably make more entries, but you know, make make ones where if you're going to be in this side of. Uh, the campgrounds, you're going to enter this gate. If you're going to enter on this side of the campgrounds, that, Enter in this. Side. That would just makes so much more sense. And I mean, I know they do have a, a few other gates to do that. So, you know, I, I think it's just that confusion where, you know, maybe it's the local help that, that's pushing people over. But, um, you know, I, I think just open it up and saying, okay, you know, if you come to this side, you're going to get assigned to this side of the campgrounds. If you're coming in this side, go to this side of the campgrounds. Um, and then and maybe it would tool up that, you know, you know, traffic that once you get past the security.
4: Yeah, that was my understanding. Was As he said, there's still going to be delays. They're still going to have to go through security and all that. But figuring out a way, you know, if you're ADA camping or you're group camping to to better filter it through so it goes a little bit quicker. So, I mean, to me, like I said, it's as we've talked about so many times, all the little things add up to your overall experience. And my
2: bet is that the, the 12 hour person, the person that we try, Didn't think about that the rest of the weekend. (laughs) My bad, it didn't even occur. I don't don't know, know,
7: man. That's a long time. I don't know. I heard people pretty salty, and that's why they left early on Sundays because they were just, they did not want to get stuck in the. Have you had a year,
2: speaking of stories, have you had a year where you just said, screw it? I got to get out of here.
7: You know the the last year when it rained, I don't want to talk about you. When it it, (laughs) when it stormed in 2018, uh, I'm one that I will. uh, I was in the military. I've been out there. I've I've been in rain, sleet, snow, about just about everything you get. I mean, the desert in Iraq uh, in in the summertime, 125 (laughs) degree heat. I've been through it all. But Is I, it as bad as me
2: wearing two pair of pants right now? It's pretty. Uh, bad. I prepared for a much colder day. I'm wearing two pair of
7: underwear. But uh, <laughs> being waterlogged, you know, it raining what overnight Saturday night into Sunday morning, and just being waterlogged, we we stuck it out throughout the day. And then when it started storming and getting really windy again that evening, uh, thankfully my brother does live five minutes down the road from Bonner. And we were like, you know what, we're packing up, and and we're just going to go to the house because you know. It, there's just so much that you can do in rain. And we knew. What that, time
2: of the day was this?
7: Uh, this was after the headliners on okay. Sunday night. So right. we didn't stick out the party we usually have because on, on Sunday right. night, we usually try to have kind of a blowout bash. You know, that w- it's like that big send off in right. Camp Brederu because you know you're not going to see your friends again for another year. And we, we just couldn't do it. We, you know, a few, there was a small group of us who were like, you know what, we're going to go to the hot shower and get the hot shower early. I've told many, many people I can handle the heat. The rain at Bonnaroo
4: is the game changer because oh, yeah. you can't get away from it. You take all that into your tent with you and your clothes, and, yeah, that's it. That's the one I worry about.
5: No, I would never be able to handle mud and rain. Oh, no, that would kill me. Here's my problem with mud. Uh, sometimes it might be shit.
4: Uh, <laughs>
5: yeah. So I don't really know the difference sometimes. No, I've never bailed out at Bonnaroo, but my first and second year, I just did not know what I was doing, and I left on Sunday. And it wasn't because I was tired of honor or anything. I just literally did not know what I was doing. Just literally, like, was a newbie, and I was like, oh, well, oh, yeah, no,
3: yeah. We, we skipped Tom Petty the first yeah, year.
5: Yeah, the first year I was at Monaro, yeah. I skipped Tom Petty just because I honestly did not know what I was doing. No, it, I love Tom Petty.
4: It was a mistake.
5: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know that now. But I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I need to I get, get home. I oh, also
7: I really know. enjoyed how during the rain, uh, especially, you know, we're talking about the, the rain that in 2018, it was like the – the the ditches that they just put hay on top of, and the hay just floats on the water, so it creates the illusion that there's actually hard ground. And just watching people go cluck yeah. cluck at the See y'all. I mean, I, I, my first one was
4: 15 years ago or so. What they have done to that site to fix stuff like that. The one year I went, it, it the rain created little put little rivulets.
2: Yeah, in, be- in between the what and center. And roof. then yeah.
4: as every as 80,000 people walked through it. Over time, this little two foot became eighteen foot. Became Shrek Swamp. Yeah, and then you couldn't walk between cars. I mean, it's it's just it, so. But
2: but like uh, and
4: I I love you guys,
2: but I can hear all of you, and I know that none of you went to Bonnaroo before two thousand and eight. Nope. And there the rain the rainstorm of yeah, I was, think uh, two thousand and three or four or something like that was damn near the worst thing that's ever happened to my life, <laughs> and I i will never forget and and again this is one of my stories i tell at camp every year the first year i went to bonnaroo i screwed everything up i went to the wrong entrance i was stuck out in into general admission and i had no idea what i was doing i didn't know what camping was i mean if i'm neurotic now imagine you know 22 year old me i had no idea what was happening uh, we got there. We were miserable immediately. We were so irritated by that night. The rain just hammered us, and the the rain. And the, what year was it, Nate? That the yeah, rain was so. It was. It was Dave Matthews and friends or something. 04, yeah. It was the worst rainstorm I have ever been in my life. To the point where I literally looked next to me and saw a woman defecating into a puddle. This is why I was like, I can't do mud. I don't know the difference. It was the worst I've ever, and I said to myself, I'm never coming back, I, re- I this place is disgusting, I don't want to see these people anymore. This is the opening scene of Lean On Me where the, the principal's in <laughs> his head slammed into the wall. I was never coming to buy. Yeah. And so the guy that I was with, he drove the car so fast while dead and friends were on, I felt as though we were running over tents. I, it made, and what happened? Karma hit us. We, st- we got stuck in a mud puddle 20 yards away from the exit. 20 yards to freedom. I could get the hell out of this hellhole that was Bonnaroo. 20 yards, and we got stuck there. We fell asleep in the car. I was in the passenger seat, and uh, I woke up to this sound, and it was a kid from Manchester in a four by four pulling people out of the mud yeah (laughs) i mean we were when we got out of the car i'm not kidding our our the the half of the wheel was under mud half of the wheel it was that dug in there was like you paid the kid twenty dollars he pulled you out i've never been so happy to get out of a place in my life and i swore on that day i would never ever ever Walk back into Bonnaroo. Now here you are hosting a podcast, and now there I host go. a podcast about well, Bonnaroo. Well, I
4: think my second year it rained, and I was in a pup tent, and I had a air mattress that leaked, and it was thundering and lightning and storming, and I was I remember looking at the top of my tent thinking I can't go anywhere. I'm either gonna die or I'm not.
2: This isn't the Titanic, Barry. You're overstating
4: it. No, offense. I'm gonna get hit by lightning. <laughs> I was convinced lightning was just and and then I woke up in a puddle because my air mattress. <laughs> Lost all the air, and the tent leaked. So I was, was like, yeah, why am I doing this? I'm like, you, this is awful. So it felt miserable. There are times terrible. in Bonnaroo where you're like, this is the worst. and I was place so unprepared. On, in
2: America, why am I
4: here? My first campsite, I'd, I had the foresight for some reason to throw cheap uh, sawhorses and a two by four piece of plywood in my <laughs> truck. Yeah, this is why he's my dad. That, <laughs> because he comes over and builds things like this at my house. But yeah. that became my <laughs> table, but I didn't think of shade. So I happened to have my umbrella, you know, which is always in the vehicle, and so I put the umbrella on that table and bungee corded it and then we followed it like a sundial <laughs> to find a, that 2 feet of shade for the rest <laughs> for lunch, you know, or whatever. That was awful.
8: So my first. By the tom- way, is that the Heaven and Ale Stout? This is it's, it's delicious. Local, local this is my second yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love Supreme is
2: very, very delicious. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna I, go to bro- Bloody Mary it. and then I saw them pour this. By the way, out. if you ever, if you ever oh. come to Bondaroo, go to the uh, Camp Redaroo Beer Exchange. I brought you the Odd Story, which is the uh, right around the corner. and Now you oh, got yeah. the Heaven and Ale Love Supreme. You're, you're doing oh, very yeah. well. The
0: uh, Odd Story
2: Lager, which is really the Odd Story Lager, the Vienna Lager is very good. See, you're welcome to Chattanooga. thank you, thank you.
8: Um. So my first year coming to Bonnaroo, I didn't know I was coming to Bonnaroo until the month before. This was 2009. And my buddy is literally like, Mitchell, you're coming to Bonnaroo with me. We're going to give you $100. You have to pay for the rest. I was like, "Uh, okay. And so I go to Bonnaroo, and I have no preparation. I literally have, uh, looking at my supplies, and I have a sleeping bag, a really shitty tent I haven't used in like three years, end of discussion. We're, we're done. We're prepped.
3: This is like the polar opposite of where you are now. Oh, it was
8: bad. So, And, and I'm looking at space, and, and and there's six of us total in a truck. And they go, leave your tent. One of us has a 12-person tent. It's going to be great. So everybody leaves their tent behind. I, I buy a bag chair, and I have my bag chair and my clothes. That's about all I've got. So we, No one thinks to bring a damn easy up. None of us. <laughs> and the truck breaks down about a mile away from the entrance while we're waiting in line. And we're like, oh, all right, just grab the essentials. We're gonna get the truck fixed, we'll get that back. So the girl that brought the 12 person tent, she's like, I'll grab my tent, just picks it up out of there. None of us even flinch to think about the fact that this little tiny four foot 11 girl hooked a 12 person tent on her shoulder and started walking. <laughs> we just grab our supplies, which for me is my clothes, my bag chair, I got everything out of the truck. Yeah. So we walk all the way in, on foot, check in, get to campsite, start setting up. And she goes, oh, no, guys. She had left every pole at the house. And this was all six of us had forewent, foregone our, our entire camping supplies because the, un, the holy grail of a 12-person tent that she brought. And so we have an overglorified tarp. And that's our camping situation. Our neighbors are nice enough to be like, "Hey guys, you can put your your chairs under our Easy Up." And that's that was after day one because I woke up in the rain and my neighbor was like, "Buddy, <laughs> you can move your chair over here at least." Because <laughs> everybody else they uh they went and they bought a, a one of those really expensive tents from Bonnaroo's like emergency shop up front. Wow. Yeah, I think it's like a hundred and twenty dollars for a two person sweatbox. Yeah. And so I was like. Fuck that! I'm gonna drink this weekend. I can't spend 120 dollars on a box, so I slept in the rain in an easy, easy uh, in my in my bag chair for the first day, and then under my friends uh, from Louisiana's easy up for the rest of it. And that was my first experience, I, I and love, I had so much
2: fun. I came back. I love the, this story so much because the way that you've prioritized your funds. It's
8: it is drinking and then.
2: Eh.
8: Comfort is second because I can buy comfort by the can. That's right. One more,
4: one more, and you're comfortable.
8: <laughs> My God, Don Draper would kill for that uh,
2: that line. I I find comfort in a can. Um, so uh, biggest miss. We've had the uh, the the news from Jeff Quayard, and Lime. All right, I've got one uh, final question that uh, I will ask uh, around the around the table here. You know how Vegas has residency acts? And you know how, like, uh, now I was, uh, somebody called me up the other day and they said, hey, you want to send somebody to see the chain smokers in the red?" I said, no. Uh, so <laughs> Vegas has residency acts. If Bonnaroo had a residency act, if Bonnaroo had one act that played every year, it was the same time every year, and you knew it was going to happen, who would it be? Warren Haynes. I knew it was gonna be a my morning jacket. I knew there He's was gonna be some morning. sort of my morning He's
4: jacket. Not my morning jacket. Right. They right. so, but my morning jacket would be good. Got the,
7: yeah. chance. My morning chance. jacket or Warren? Chance. Yeah, I would say chance. Or That's, you know, Marcus from Mumford and Sons. Okay. I feel like they kind of grew through Bonner and they
2: Again, I'm gonna stop all of you. I think you're all taking this the wrong way. It's not who makes sense to be there. Who would you want to be there? Oh, Grove. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no it's not a wish curious. list. It's like, who do you think like do, who do you think could Jerry hold Garcia's <laughs> oh, sorry. Jerry
4: Gar- like Gar- like Garcia's ghost? Jerry Garcia's Mitchell said, like a house band. Yeah, so so <laughs> just a his Christ? coat or something. Just put it up there. I
2: find I find there's a piece of of the Bonnaroo experience. Brittany Howard is not going to be there. Shut every up. Year. Yeah, well, she's going to be here some year. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Uh, hey, so yeah, yeah. if loves there, is a, there is a there is a there is a thing about bonnaroo that i have missed for damn near five years that doesn't happen anymore and it really bugs me there was a thing that in our camp that we all went to camp nut butter every single year found the same show and we all wanted to go no matter what we don't agree on anything no there's nothing we agree with but sunday morning church at one o'clock on the what it happened every year. If it was Charles Bradley, it went to Mavis Staples. If it went for Mavis Staples... It, over and over and over, I missed church on Sunday on the wet stage. I know not many people show up. That Charles Bradley show broke my heart because Charles Bradley was my favorite album of that year. But nobody came. But if there's one piece of residency that I... I now that the Grand Ole Opry's there, that is your residency. Residency is Grand Ole Opry. Okay. Every year you know Grand Ole Opry's. I want... Sunday church back, for
4: now. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess they could argue that the Calliope stage is it, but that's not us.
2: Okay, is it? You're going to bother me here.
4: It's it's Calliope. Please stop saying this. It's Calliope. What,
2: what is it, or what is it not? I can't figure out which one it is. Does anyone know which one it is? It's Calliope. It's okay. it Calliope. Right. Charlotte knows how to Thank pronounce you. it. What is it? All right. All
3: right. Oh. It's not Calliope. 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 It's Calliope. Okay. I'm just gonna say this. By the time they anybody the gets hill.
4: there, okay, all the I know is to move the hill. Let it go.
3: By the time anybody gets there, they don't care how it's pronounced.
4: Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's right. That's if you want to right go corner. see the
3: weirdest stuff at Bonnaroo, go to there after 3 a.m.
4: Gucci Maine. It was awesome. <laughs> um. So, uh,
2: I know we went through wish lists. Uh, not Dolly. Uh, who do you think will absolutely be there? Barry Quarter. Tame Impala. Yeah. Yes, too. sir. Yeah. Uh, Daniel.
3: Oh, same. Yeah. They're my favorite. I'm. I am. They will be there. Unashamedly, a Kevin fanboy.
5: Lizzo. What's that?
2: Lizzo. Uh, yeah. You know anything about that? Uh, I'll let you know. Oh, I'll let you know. Uh, all all I know all I know is there there has not been a uh, schedule made for Lizzo tool. for 2019
4: or 2020. Nate's a tool. He wants.
2: Yeah, to
7: see. yeah. Too. For me, you know the the 17, 15, to 17 year old me, really wants to see Rage there this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would really like to see original against machine. Why do you think it won't happen?
2: I'll put every dollar that I have in my paycheck on it would not happening.
7: Well, and and that's what I'm thinking too. I don't think it would happen, but you know that would be you know if I'm looking at the landscape of who I'd want to see. You know, the one thing I really want to see, kind of, you know, I'm I'm to, I'm going into my sixth year, so I I feel like I'm starting to become an old vet at this point in time. I, I really want to see Bonroo bring back the true legacy act. Yeah. If they did that this
3: year, who do you think it would be? I've been saying it might be Springsteen, but I don't know. What What do you think?
7: Yeah, yeah. You yeah, guys have like got journey. to
2: – this is what i got to stop you at. You guys is, you got to start thinking about dollars. There's no possible way they're going to bring, bring uh, Bruce Springsteen, Tame Impala, Tool, Rage the Biggest Machine, on and on and on. you got to think about money here. These yeah, things are not I mean, going to yeah, happen.
7: Yeah, I mean, of course, the logistics and the, and the financials around it. You know, I, I think – and that's one of the things that I remember that I – my fond memories of like the 15, you know, like the 15 year, you know, you, you go back and look at the lineup and you had a true legacy. Although, uh, you know, Billy Joel, you know, now it makes sense why Billy Joel cut his set short because he had an interaction with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes complete sense now. Yeah. <laughs> but Those kind of doofuses Do you know how around, many people I? when I got back to camp said, oh, Billy Joel's never
2: coming back to Bonnaroo. He <laughs> hates know. Bonnaroo because of the one interaction he had with some doper. He was going to do
3: an encore, but Great you stopped work. it from happening.
4: Killed it.
2: <laughs> yeah the thing about reaching this machine here's the other thing that I, I wanted to say earlier uh, because uh, by the way I know that uh, there was a, there was some sort of like hubbub about the Coldplay thing that I said I'm saying that and let me make sure that I, I clarify what I said about Coldplay Coldplay is not going to do 2020 and 2021 because what I was told is that they do tours one way they do an album then they go silent, and then they do another album and then they do a arena tour. They've done every tour that way since they were Coldplay. So it was based on every single thing that has happened in the past. If it was going to go forward and the person told me that it was not going to be any different than the past, you can go ahead and say it's not going to happen in the next two years. If they go silent this year because they just put out an album, they're going to wait for another album, that means the next album they're going to do nothing but arenas. So again... Uh, be that as it may, it's not a complete out. I'm sure they could do thing after thing here and there, but based on everything that I was told that they're going to do this exact same structure that they've done every other album. Secondly, the um, thing about Coachella, give me an artist that has done a reunion show at Coachella that has also done it at Bonnaroo. Cool, Earth, Wind, and Fire found one. Now give me a headliner. <laughs> like, it's it, no, it's not Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> on, on the Rage Against the Machine level, when you go back and see all of the things that Coachella has done, <clears throat> it does not translate to anything that Bonnaroo does. So, like, when somebody says Rage Against the Machine, as much as I love that, I would kill for that. I think you have a better shot of profit profits against Rage <laughs> than
3: Rage Against the Machine. So, Brad, you're being the voice of reason about. Our expectations.
2: Yeah, because every year our expectations go here, and we all get the lineup, and we're all like, uh, womp,
1: So
3: what do you think would be realistic names for a legacy slot for next year? Where did this Diana Ross thing come, that come from? That came from Kyle, the Bonnaroovian. He's a big fanboy.
2: Okay, because he likes Okay. <laughs> um, you know... I don't know. I I don't I don't know what what the legacy would be. This is not where I'm good. I don't I don't do well with the guesses. Uh, I did a mock lineup one time like 10 years ago and it was the worst thing that I've ever done. It was so stupid. I look like
8: a fool. So in terms of expectations in the lineup, uh, me and, and Sarah do the same thing every year. We pay no attention to any of the the rumors. Sometimes it comes across, but we wait until the lineup drops, and then somebody always does the Lord's work and sorts the lineup by genre. And we just go to genres we like and listen to shit we've never heard of, and it's just Christmas every year. Even by Mox. Yeah, yeah. Kikagaku Moyo no is kidding. actually one of the best things I found this year. We're going to go see them again Tuesday. Really? They're my favorite show. Mitchell, what this was the, the
3: jazz infusion band that you turned me on to? Uh, I met you there. You were in your skeleton costume last
8: year. Oh, God. It was like a three uh, Oh, the comet comes. The, the comet is coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The comet is coming. And, and the only reason we found that is because I was like, chaotic jazz let me play on that yeah. psychedelic jazz and just freeform anything jazz i'll play you a listen that's how i found mastodon cuz somebody told me jazz metal and i was like that you just check two boxes off, man.
7: <laughs> you get really high. Let, let me just, you know, just to kind of piggyback on what Mitchell was saying is, you know, when you, when you run these camps, you know, we we try to stay relevant with the rumors for uh, for our campers and for everybody there, and, and you know, a lot of it's really just to kind of try to keep the energy up and everything. But I'm much like Mitchell, you know. It's like I will not really, you know. And Daniel said it best earlier. You know, I come for the people and stay for the music. I don't. I'm I mean, actually I could really that's care right. you that's know right. you know a lot of bonnaroo lately and I, let me say this let me preface with this i think that the music industry is starting to change because you don't see the traditional album tour album tour anymore so and you know like the festivals being so saturated I, to me in the last couple years it's like i don't even care who's coming because it's such a toss up at this point in time that's it's such a toss up because there's no tri- there, there's, there's no real way to put it into a formula and say you know what Okay, well, Tim and Paula just dropped the album. But okay, so now they're going to tour, but no band's really doing that traditionally anymore. And I think you were talking about this a minute ago. Like, it just you just don't know. And so for us, when we run these communities, it's just like you know we try to keep the hype up for the participation. But well, here's, really, what,
2: here's what I know: I know that uh, stadium tours, arena tours are going to pay a lot more than festivals because you can do a lot of them at once, and one person buys all of them. Right? So if you're going to do a festival, it's going to be a one-off. And it's usually, if you go buy the money, you're going to do a festival on an off year. Not many people do a festival on an on-year of an album because an on-year of an album gets you all the heat. All right? So I don't know what that means for most people. I don't. Um, but you're not getting the Eagles. You're not <laughs> getting the Eagles. It's a $3.5 million show. It's not happening. You know. So it's... It, it st- All I know about the lineup is that every year it always underwhelms us and we always are shocked by what is being paid to the top line. And if I can, uh, again, going back to what I said earlier, My Chemical Romance is $1.5 million on the base. Are you going to find anyone that is going to make or break their Bonnaroo purchase on My Chemical Romance? No, I don't think that you guys don't
8: want to be in a field.
2: Plus, they're not doing many shows, so you better you better find you better find these goth black kids. (laughs) You know, we're nothing but black, and you better find them and want them to buy every one of the tickets available because they're not going to do it. And at 1.5 million dollars, they're going to exist on the top line of your lineup. And does that sell a ticket to everybody else? It doesn't. Well, we're, we're so all, let me let
4: me give, me, let
2: me give you the example. If the if the lineup is Tool, Vampire Weekend, and My Chemical Romance, do you think that sells tickets? I
4: don't think so either. Yeah, but we're all saying the same say thing. Oh, so. Kevin is is saying it they the organizers of the, these things have learned the experience has become as much a part of it as the lineup. Yeah, that's right. So they but, don't exactly have right. to spend they don't need to spend right. $3 million to get, you know, uh, the because Beatles Because or, the
2: money that they're spending out in the campsites that are uh, experiences by Haley Williams, et cetera. Do you remember back in 2009, 2008, David Byrne curated an entire stage. He curated that tent, you know, and he brought St. Vincent uh, and, and people that we didn't know about at the time. Andy DeFranco was on that stage, and he curated an entire stage. Now they're taking that idea and putting it out in the campsites, yeah. and to me... For, for the people that, that live in the, the GA world, that to me is such a better experience guys, than if, if insert person here, that I'm dying to see at a show. that you guys have created. Yeah, like and, and, that, and that's the
7: thing. thing. And, and, and I'm sure you get – we were talking about the residency earlier, and I'm sure you guys saw this on the news as well, where, you know, you have these residency programs in Vegas where – One of the big nightclubs just shut down because the asking price of the artists was way beyond what they could because the participation wasn't there. Do you think that these festivals start to run into that problem, that they're not going to be able to book these talents because of the asking price? And that's why Bonnaroo may be ahead of the game of creating these outside experience, which then brings... Uh, it, it's like, you know, you look at the lineup every year and you're like, who's the headliners going to be? But really, let, I mean, we could probably take a poll here. You know, how many of us have really got excited about the headliners? We found more enjoyment in the mid card.
4: Right. Uh, Is that right? Absolutely.
7: And so, and, and it seems like that's where maybe these festivals are starting to go because these artists asking price are so much. I and mean, just it, to add ahead.
5: on to what Kevin said, I'm not going to Bonnaroo for the music, honestly. And that's the honest to God's truth. Good I'm going to Bonnaroo for the community. It's a vacation for me, it's a way to get away from my normal life it's a way to get away from work and i can't be the only person out there that's going to bonnaroo for the community just to go to bonnaroo for that aspect i mean i, I honestly can't be the only person no. who i mean honestly you know it, it, to me and i'm gonna say this in the honest to god's truth Nickelback could play Bonnaroo, and I would still buy Stop a ticket right and right go. Now. Stop I,
8: would right now. I would throw down at a uh, terrible Nickelback concert. I would still buy a
5: ticket and go. I would still buy a ticket you and go. You just got
2: voted off of the campsite.
5: Sorry, bye. Bye. My friends make the concert. The Bye. talent on stage just
8: adds flavor. That's
5: no, hilarious. I mean, I would, I would probably stay in the campsite all day and probably drink and get drunk and do whatever. But I, you it, know,
7: it's I would so still funny buy you a say. It's and so go. funny you say that about uh, Nickelback. I was listening to a podcast recently where somebody said the exact same thing. Of you know, it's it's like, but the if Nickelback was booked, there'd be so many people there yeah, because of that true. cult.
2: You I know what? You know, in a weird way, I can actually see uh, Nickelback at 111. Yeah, in a very strange oh, no, way, that would make a lot of no, sense no, at 111 yeah. Fest. If Brian
6: Stone Nickel- talks <laughs> right now, I'm going to lose my mind. I, I, I got a microphone again. <laughs> I mean, this is my gear here. I got a microphone again. Her point is that is an, an incredible point. Nickelback doesn't matter. It's a great point and they have a, a couple songs that are okay. Thank God you jumped in. Uh, all right. No, no, uh, thank you. So I, I saved the show at uh, <laughs> an hour right. and 15. Well,
2: uh, first off, uh, we we thank you so much for coming down, the whole Rubus crowd, and, and so many the uh, Bonnaroo people. Thanks to like, the Moxie. It, it really does. And I'll say this to, about the Camp Red before I get to Rubus, The Camp Red people, first off, you guys coming means the world. Heck yeah, awesome. yeah, guys. But what you guys have created and what you've done out in – Whatever pod you find yourself in, to me is exactly why I'm so dying to be a part of Bonnaroo every single year, even in the trees. You guys oh. personify what the experience is. You took you took a blank piece of land and then you created a world around it, and I love everything about that. Yeah, so dumb. all the uh, all the credit in the world to you guys. Uh, well, Yeah, (laughs) you smuggle what in? He means smuggle magic in. (laughs) He means that metaphorically. No wonder you were there for 12 hours. Uh, So, uh, RuBus, thank you so much for coming and and, and being a part of this and supporting us the way that you have. Uh, You guys uh, took a chance two years ago to do the repeat-repeat thing, and in a weird way, in a weird way, I feel like that repeat-repeat show at least created a community that changed the conversation. And I don't know if this podcast exists without like Jared and Kristen. Yeah. They are so great to us and they made us feel like there was a community out there that we didn't know existed. And you guys started that. So congratulations creating something really, really well done. You were
3: asking who should be the house band. It's them because they embody Bonro so much.
4: Yeah. That's a Yeah. Well Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are terrific. Uh I, kept, I was thinking about them after listening to your podcast with them. They're just, yes, that's that's, exactly, the, that's yeah. the word that's them. Yes. So, what do you want? What do you need? What can we do? Yes.
2: So uh, I'm going to uh, finish this with uh, going around real quick. I want to find, uh, we are in November. We've got a month, and there's a month before the Hangout lineup comes out, the first week of December. Uh, Coachella will be right before that, my bet. And then Bonnaroo, first of the year. Uh, let's go around and just tell me what to listen to between now and then. Give me an artist to listen to between now and then.
1: Matt Mason.
2: Matt Mason. We've had him right down the road. I've oh, had him in my, in my building. He's terrific. I He's love great. him. Yeah.
3: Um, I mentioned this on our Twitter the other day. One that I'm really into is called Fly Golden Eagle. They're kind yep. of a psychedelic rock band out of Nashville. I think they'd that's be right. a good ad. I've seen them.
5: All right, listen to the new Third Eye Blind album. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Man, you didn't have a Nickelback track you want to share?
3: Third Eye Blind.
5: Me and Charles
6: will go into a story about that some other
2: time. Okay, I'd love to hear the story, but man, I love that Smash Mouth that you're about to tell Uh, me about. No,
6: I've actually never listened to Nickelback. You remind me.
2: (laughs) Please take his mic away from him.
6: Hey, I'm the guy in control.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately.
1: I like Michael Kawanda. He'd be cool to see. God,
2: I love him so much. I love that new
4: project.
1: Or Labyrinth, sorry.
4: I got nothing. I want to hear the, was it the Blam Blams you were talking the about? The
1: blam They're blam. incredible. Okay. That's the one yes. I want to okay. m- listen to. They are literally a mix of LCD Sound System, Queen, The Beatles, The Bowie, everything. Like That's amazing stage presence, like incredible vocals, incredible like musicianship. Awesome.
2: That's AC, please book them. All right. So well, yes. he's, he's been sitting here quietly the whole time. What is your name? Zach. Uh,
7: my name is Zach. Uh, give me something you're Um, I've been list. Can you hear me on this thing? Okay. Everybody can hear me. All right. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Beck since I saw him at shaky knees this past. Uh, yeah. His new album hyperspace is coming out, uh, next month as actually it's coming out this month in November in like two weeks time. So, and from the songs I've been hearing, you know, Beck is eclectic. I mean, he's really, he's back. Like, I mean, he's his own genre. It's like it's going to, like, a vaporwave sort of yeah, kind yeah, of style, gotta, uh, give me something you know. Sure. I, did th- he, I did. Yeah, so keep an eye out on uh, Hyperspace, near album by Beck. That'd right. be. Right. Beck, up-and-coming artist. <laughs> uh,
2: look, look Mitchell, you got, you got anything? You got uh, something for Mitchell? You got a thing for Mitchell? Mitchell. Let me see here. What do you got?
8: Give me something to listen to. <laughs> uh, well, in all honesty, I'm gonna tell you to go into the past, and there's a genre called nyah Rock
2: that oh is so gosh. incredible.
8: Oh my god! It's like Zydeco Jazz <laughs> Funk. It's imagine it like Lonnie Liston oh. Smith with the second line.
2: All right, uh, at the table, Brian and Nate, you got uh, you got an idea what you're listening to right now? You, Pearl
6: Jam, Almond Brothers. Oh, all shut up! Weekend long, <laughs> shut up! Three days of Almond Brothers
2: back to back.
6: Have y'all heard about Blackberry Smoke? And a
2: Pearl Jam cover band. Okay, great. All right, so I'm going to... Les Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs>
6: How, go, Nate? I didn't How am I down. supposed to follow that?
2: Okay, you're not. Yeah, uh, so, exactly. if, if, uh, <laughs> if... I got two, and she knows it. Uh, the King Princess album is the best album of the year. It's absolutely the absolute best album of the year. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, but I've got, I found a girl. I found a girl in England. Her name is Litany. She is followed by nobody. She has no management. She has no record label. And if I was an A&R guy tomorrow, I'd be dragging her from England to America to bring her to uh, 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 my boss. Her name is Litany. Uh, Listen to um, uh, My Dude. Uh, Listen to uh, her new song, which is something. I don't remember. But... Litany is, is my girl. She's unbelievable, and she sounds like every sort of like king princess slash her outfit that you can find, I'm obsessed with her. There you oh go. Nice. That's what I got. There we go. All right. Sweet. Barry, anything else? Soja. Oh, yeah.
4: Thanks to the Moxie. Thanks to you guys for traveling up here. That means a bunch. That's yeah, awesome. Thank, thanks,
2: not only thanks to the guys, but thanks to the Moxie at the Moxie. Hashtag at the Moxie. The Moxie Chattanooga has uh, been more, more, more than gracious than I could have ever expected They let us drive a car into their patio. patio. How did you even do that?
4: I know you're going to laugh, but we need to thank Lord Taco. Yes, Lord Taco, by the way,
2: if you want to follow Lord Taco, at Russell on the Bus is the guy that puts literally everything that we do. He is the guy that that is the heart and soul of it. And then, of course, um, that guy. Thanks to Brian right, cool. and Nate. On so, one last asshole. thing. One last thanks. thing. I'll, uh, I'll make this super quick. And Nate um, over here by the way. Yeah, thanks to
3: Nate. No, I'll make this super quick. Take Talk under minute. over each other all day. Uh, one important thing that it's always been a mantra for us with the Rubus is keeping this community going, continuing to radiate positivity. I want us all to recognize that we have a lot of new people coming in every year. It is our responsibility as the upperclassmen to continue to pass on the code and radiating positivity because we want to keep this community
2: going forever. That is really wonderful. I was never good in high school, so I don't know if I'm the best person to do that.
4: <laughs> no, you suck up positivity. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was about to say something you know, clever, but... Well, Today's
8: <laughs> rave babies are tomorrow's wooka tree. <laughs>
2: Hey man, can I borrow like everything? <laughs> the 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 What podcast, Barry Corder, Brad Steiner, Daniel from the Rubus, the whole Rubus crew. Thank you so much for coming and thank you for listening. Uh, I guess we'll see you uh, pretty soon. Hey
0: hey hey. hey. How y'all feelin'? journey through the stories that define the artists playing on who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year
8: that matter Yay. with Brad Steiner and Barry Corner